0: You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank.
1: Coming up, the latest episode of Mizzou That's Who. Welcome into this week's edition of Mizzou That's U here on KC Sports Network. I'm your host Tucker Franklin, joined as always by Gabe Diarmen and Maggie Johnson. Look, a little weird week for the Missouri Tigers. They played on Black Friday, had a huge win over the Arkansas Razorbacks uh, game, but uh, there's a lot in front of this team that we can talk about. Still a lot with the Missouri football Tigers that is to be excited and celebrated. But uh, Gabe, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Um, no game this week. Uh oh. so it slowed down a little bit. Very odd. It's a weird feeling that we go from pretty much a game week outside of you know the the bye week, but to now like all of a sudden nothing, and for it, for for a few weeks now. It always
2: hits me this time of year like
1: we just spent like nine months talking about the season and and now it's done. Now now it's pretty much over. It's crazy, Maggie. How are you doing? Uh how how was your uh, your Black Friday into your final the final week of uh college football the full slate of college football it's been good here I I've spent the last week out here in
0: California I went to the uh Notre Dame at Stanford game so that was pretty cool just check out a new a new stadium I actually saw Andrew Luck. he was just kind of like rolled past um on a bike with his kid like in the back of one of those like carriage
2: things Seems about there, right. we, was he was we, he in his civil war uniform In his what you like know? As Colonel Luck or whatever. Oh, he's. It, it was very
0: weird. He didn't even look like himself. Um, it's very like thin now. It doesn't look like he would mm. ever played NFL quarterback. I don't even know if he actually ever did play NFL quarterback. she was like, you know, kind of in and out. Never really played. But yeah, that was super cool. But just to like see him, I met Emmett Smith. I don't know if I saw that on my Twitter, but I met Emmett Smith. Oh. Um, so that was very. I was like, my pleasure. <laughs> like shook his hand. I was like, my pleasure meet him but yeah it's been super cool out here enjoying the weather but and by the way we're probably not gonna play before christmas i know we joked about that last year but not gonna not gonna get the kids home for the
2: holidays we should just do a segment of the podcast that's like where is maggie this weekend and what famous
1: things
0: where in the world is carmen san diego style
1: yeah pretty much uh wow that's a I don't know if I can win up that weekend. I just, like, sat at home. That's all I did. Uh, he, he won. I guess. Uh, but last full weekend of of college football, in the books, I mean, they really spread it out, right, with all these Black Friday games now. Had a really good Saturday slate uh, of rivalry weekend. But not as many upsets as we probably would have liked to see. Alabama's fourth and 31, fourth and forever, fourth and a mile, whatever you want to call it, was... Uh, was something to behold. I was kind of kind of pulled for Albert and that was just for Missouri's sake to see how how far Missouri could sneak up in that uh, but still Alabama uh, does Alabama things. But let's briefly talk about the Missouri Arkansas game. Since we we since we haven't talked about it uh, since we last talked uh, 48 to 14 win um Gabe, I guess the first question I want to ask you, would that game have been any different with KJ Jefferson at quarterback?
2: I think it probably would have been a- little bit different. Um, Maybe not a lot, because I don't think Arkansas was very interested in being there at any point. Right. Um, I think they lost any interest in being there once KJ got hurt. Um, But I, I legitimately would kind of trade messages with people in the third quarter saying, is this the kind of thing that makes the Arkansas AD change his mind about what he said earlier in the week? Because, I mean, that was one of the Start to finish, worst performances I've ever seen while Missouri was trying. Once Missouri kept trying, Arkansas scored two touchdowns. But, I mean, the the sequence where Brett Norfleet scores a touchdown in which he is completely uncovered, and then Arkansas fumbles the kickoff, then Brett Norfleet scores another touchdown on which he is completely uncovered is like, It's okay. Missouri's already covered. Even if you have money on this game, you can stop doing doing it. It's so obvious. And, I mean,
0: our defense kind of just dominated that game too. I think, yeah, Tristan Newsom had, what, 15 tackles, two for loss. Chuck Hicks had three and a half tackles for loss. I mean, Jaden Jernigan had a touchdown. (laughs) I don't know. I don't think it would have really mattered that much if KJ played in the game. To be perfectly honest with you, I—I I mean, last year even Brady Cook dominated in that game, and he was hurt the whole time. And it, you know, and KJ played, so I don't know. It—it was—it was Mizzou from the start. I like what Drink said. He goes, Mizzou came to play, and Arkansas came to fight, and you could kind of tell. I think we can also kind of put to rest the argument that it's not a rivalry game, I think you could tell it's a rivalry game.
1: The fight was cool, though. I liked that. The fight was pretty cool. Uh, I I did... I did see people saying, like, well, Missouri started the fight. I saw I that. Mean, look, it depends on which side you were on,
2: but you can definitely argue they both start. Like, yeah, he sort sure. started when Brady Cook got hit out of bounds. But if you watch that next play johnson was kind of tugging on dude's leg and like i mean you can definitely argue both sides played their part in starting it um the the funny part to me was that cameron johnson did not get a penalty and was not ejected the guy that just ran out of nowhere and leveled cameron johnson did not get a penalty and was not ejected but three other guys were
1: ejected that was a really confusing thing to me a part of me too and this goes back to the Alabama-Auburn game where they kind of had like a little shoving match, a little pushing and shoving going on after, you know, the play happened, Alabama kicked it off, and then the refs just like didn't throw a penalty flag. I thought that was kind of funny. They're just like, this is all going to offset anyway, so we're just not going to throw a flag. It's not going to matter. Uh, but I do realize that the refs probably had to throw some flags because there were punches thrown uh, in-, in the in the Missouri one. But uh, to be fair, also shout out to whoever the GA or the assistant coach was that uh, caught Armand Membo's helmet in his hands after he spiked it because that was a really great play uh, on, his, on his. And I don't know if you guys saw that on the video. Uh, really impressed by that. Uh, but Missouri just kind of dominated that game. Uh, from the beginning, uh, up and down the field, they were running the ball well. They were doing really whatever they wanted to. Uh, and I wasn't ever like worried in that game, right? I think Missouri—the first drive was maybe a three and out, or they got a first down and then a quick three and out or something like that. Uh, but the first drive was less than ideal for Missouri, uh, and then you know it was always Missouri. And and listen, I don't want to, I don't want to dance on the art. Well, yeah, I do want to dance on the Arkansas grave, I guess, because early on in the season. I had kind of, I, I'd already written that team off. Um, I don't, I do not understand if you're an Arkansas fan. I don't know how you can be happy with the decision to uh, keep Sam Pittman as your head coach. I don't know what he's shown to be kept as the head coach. And then when he gets asked a question afterwards to say like, I don't know how to to in, incite excitement into the program after the game like that, he says, I don't know who's next. That's that's when I'm just like, man. Maybe he might be a little too comfortable in that in that hot state he's got going on.
2: Yeah, it wasn't a great week for Arkansas fans. Um they lost to North Carolina earlier in the day in basketball. Oh. And then uh I think Arkansas fans would have been happy with the results of that game had it ended with Fidman getting fired. But the fact they already knew it was he was coming back, then I think at that point you go, "Well, looks that'd be cool if we tried to win the game." Oh, uh, well, we're not trying to do that. Um, So it was, it was a rough. Day. What do you think is the point of
0: keeping him around, though?
2: Well, I think they probably did some backchanneling to find out, "Hey, is anybody interested?" In it? Maybe not, but also. I mean, he won two years ago. He won nine games. And look, it's been going the wrong direction. It looks like. But I don't think giving him one more year is like the worst thing. You know, I I mean, I don't know that. I, I guess it would depend on who you could get and what they could do in the transfer portal and all that. I don't know the NIL situation down there. Um, you know, I think every team that's losing tends to say our NIL isn't good enough. And maybe there's some truth to that. Um, but I, I mean, this is a, like, this isn't a situation that I look at and say, well, it is indefensible to bring it. Back. Um, I would have understood if they fired him, but I, you know, I think it's all right. I think you make a great point Gabe.
1: Who would want that? I, I, I make, I, I frequently do. I appreciate that. If you could. Yeah. That yeah I will, i'll I'll just clip that and tweet that out uh you make a great point Gabe. Yeah. Boom. uh ten minutes and i'll I'll make I'll make it out of that uh, <laughs> well like I don't know if that job is entirely desirable for a lot of coaches because if you think about like you know Rocket Sanders and uh KJ Jefferson they we they were already talked about not coming back you know so it's like you look at what they have in the cupboard and you're looking at there and you're thinking I don't, I don't know it might be a dicey couple of years if I first take over. It's not a
2: state that produces a lot of high school talent. Correct. Oklahoma and Texas are coming in. And here's the thing. I thought about this with the whole Mark Stoops soap opera on Saturday night. And I actually went to bed Saturday night thinking he was Texas a coach. And then I woke up Sunday morning to find out he wasn't. Um, but, like, Mark Stoops can beat a place for $9 million a year, where if he went seven games every year, he's never getting it. Right. They might not build a statue of him but he's going to make $9 million a year, as many years as he wants to go win seven or eight games. You do that at a and twice, you're getting fired. So, you know, you've got to be at a place that kind of understands what it is. And I think Arkansas is one of those places that maybe have a full grip on what it is because of what it was like in the 1960s. Yeah. But that was a long time ago. And, you know, I've I've said this about Missouri coaches, just so this doesn't seem like I'm just crapping on Arkansas. Like, you win eight games a year at Missouri, you're never getting five. Nobody's ever going to tell you to leave if you win eight games every year. And, you know, I understand Sam Pittman, Pittman did not win eight games, but I just wonder what the expectations and standards are that would be accepted.
0: Yeah, I just think it gets to a point where character can only get you so far and i understand that they like his character um i'm sure he's a great person but and i do agree i think because I, I think of him the same way as i think of drink is that i think that drink deserves regardless of kind of what would have happened unless he went out there and won two games this year i think that he probably would have deserved another year but i think next year is probably his hot seat year
2: i would I don't care which one it is. I want an AD sometime to come to a press conference when they fired a new uh, fired a coach and just say, "Character
1: can only get you so far." That'd be awesome. <laughs> that, that's fantastic. Gosh, I love it. Um, sometimes, sometimes you just got to cheat and maybe be an asshole. And sometimes you need the Jim Harbaugh's. You need the Urban Myers running around here to to get these programs really off the ground. Then we can worry about character later. Uh, we'll win. We'll win football games first. Uh, Gabe, you brought up the Texas A&M deal with Mark Stoops. Uh, I, part of me wonders, my Tim Foil have I'm going to go ahead and put that on here, if Texas A&M had that leaked so they got to see the public perception of what that was going to be like, and then we're like, ah, we're not actually going to do that type of deal, or if it was more on Mark Stoops' end. Um, I I don't know. I think it seemed like a pretty calculated move because after it seems like after people were done just lambasting Texas A&M for that hire, they're like, Never mind. We're not going to do that anymore.
2: know I, so I think that's what happened. I think it got out, and they saw the reaction. It's said, "Oh, we we got a Shiano this one. We gotta we get that offer back." But like the the best part about the whole thing to me is they wouldn't hired less successful Mark Stoops. Like I think or less proven Mark Stoops. I think and Mike Elko's a, a good football coach. I, he was he would have been number one on my list for Missouri if the was were to leave. He was number one on my list. So I do not think this is a bad hire. I don't think Mark Stoops was a bad hire. But the problem for Mike Elko now is, I mean, people that cover Texas A&M had their fans convinced, no, they're talking to Ryan Day. Like, that's a real thing they could have. I mean, anybody looks like a disappointment. So it's not that Elko's a bad hire. It's how you got there leads your fans. Probably... Pretty unhappy.
0: Where was Elko at before he was at Duke? Because my defensive
2: coordinator,
0: he was okay. He was their defensive coordinator. Because I, the the way I feel about Stoops is like at least he's been recruiting some high end people at an SEC school. So for me, like I would rather have somebody that's been doing that for years and he's been getting some good recruits at Kentucky. I don't know. I feel like he's kind of underachieved this year. The way that they started at Duke was, you know, was pretty good, and I know they had an injury to their quarterback, but they kind of went downhill pretty fast. This the second half of the season at Duke.
2: Well, the good thing about A and M though is, like we were talking about whether Arkansas understands their expectations. I mean, A and M very level-headed. They they will be very reasonable.
1: With Mike, very reasonable. I don't understand. Like I don't understand why they're so. Is it that Johnny? Man- is it the one year of Johnny Manziel? The two years of Johnny Manziel that has them?
2: Well, I think it's. I, I mean, I don't know if you remember Datwin and and RC Slocum won the Big 12 title in 1998. And, and back in 1938, they won a national title. So, I mean, that means they should compete for it every year.
0: I <laughs> <But> just want <laughs> to remind everybody that Mizzou, that Mizzou is like seven and four since like the year two thousand. We're like five hundred against AM since joining the SEC. But for some reason, like Missouri they belong. We are
1: terrible. I don't know. It's crazy.
2: Missouri has six ten win seasons this century and Texas AM has one.
1: One of 24 teams to have six ten win seasons, by the way. There you go. Um yeah, I, I started to see people when the Mark Stoops hire or when the Mark Stoops news was like getting leaked out there that were like, send this team back to the Big Twelve. Like, get them, get this program out of the SEC. And I said, Finally, <laughs> finally, and uh, that team that wants to be exiled, that's not Missouri. That team that wanna get out there. Uh but it's it's gonna be interesting, obviously, with the expanded uh conference and everything with the new games and and how everything uh everything looks. Uh, there's a couple notes I want to talk about on the offensive side of the ball because I think Missouri's eleven Cody Strader rushing yards from having that fifteen thousand. I did it again, fifteen hundred yard rusher, three thousand yard passer, and a thousand receiver. And uh, Brady Cook, uh, I didn't realize this about just like he has a streak of touchdown passes uh, that he dates back to twenty twenty two November eleventh, where uh, a consecutive games with at least one touchdown pass to sixteen in a row. I didn't I didn't know that. Shout out to the Missouri stats and info. Uh, for that uh, that little nugget there, but uh, let's go ahead and take a break. When we get back, we're going to talk about you know expectations for this team in, in the upcoming bowl game. Nobody really knows where they're going to be at now, but where we stand when we're recording this podcast. But first, got to thank our friends at Homefield Apparel, still running that Black Friday deal, still running that Black Friday sale. Uh, if you're still listening to this on Monday, they got that use code Black Friday at checkout for twenty percent off. You can also, if it's your first time purchasing. Maybe you didn't get to it by the time the Black Friday uh deal is 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 done. You can use code KCSN23 at checkout for 15% off your first order. They got all kinds of great stuff from Washington to uh I'm not gonna plug Tulane anymore because that might be a Missouri opponent that we could see uh coming up here pretty recently. But uh you know, Toledo, if you're into the Rockets, you can go check some of their stuff out. Bowling Green, if you're into the rival, you can go check them out as well. But they got all kinds of good stuff at homefieldpro.com. Go check them out. We're going to take a break. When we get back, we're talking uh, talking New Year 6 for the Missouri Tigers. Very exciting time to be a Missouri Tigers football fan. Stick with us.
2: Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network.
3: Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed.
4: Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.
1: Welcome back into Mizzou. That's who here on KZ Sports Network. Missouri caps off their season. impressive win over an Arkansas team uh, that wasn't the Arkansas team that we thought they were going to be at the start of the season. But let's talk some bowl projections. Tis the season. Now we haven't really talked a whole lot of bowl projections on this uh, on the podcast really a whole lot this year. Maybe uh, maybe less than we did last year because it, we were really bowl hunting at the end of the season there uh, with uh, with Missouri needing that win over Arkansas the last game of the season last year to become bowl eligible. They've been bowl eligible for a minute now, and they could have been in the hunt for the college football playoff if uh, they they beat LSU. Uh, We can probably have a conversation about that. But uh, Gabe, New Year's Six Bowl for the Missouri Tigers seems almost a lock. You're muted, Gabe. Almost a
2: lot, yes. Uh, Nothing's ever completely a lock. Like the committee literally... I think people have to understand, these Tuesday shows are for entertainment and to get people talking. Like the committee could rank Missouri third tomorrow night, and then come back and rank them 13th next Sunday. I mean, we don't know for sure, right? That could... I don't think it's going to happen, but it could happen. Um, Well, yeah, it seems, barring Oklahoma State winning and Iowa winning and Florida State and Alabama both remaining above Missouri, like, all of those things have to happen, and if they all happen, and they're not all going to happen because there's 0.01% chance that Iowa beats Michigan. But if all those things happen, Missouri could fall to the Citrus. Um, I think they will be in the peach, cotton, or fiesta, and we don't really have any idea like how they fill those or why they get the matchups or why anybody goes where they go. Um, You know, I, I did get great joy. I think it was at, 20 to nothing in the Arkansas game. I tweeted out, um, if you are interested in looking for airfares, I might recommend Phoenix, Dallas, or Atlanta. And I had a number of people say, Oh my God, I can't believe you're doing this. I, then you have not watched the first 27 minutes of this game because Arkansas could not be hit today. So we're good.
0: I had already thought about booking some airfare to one of them, but I would like, and then using you know getting my points back but i was like i'm gonna do this and then it's not gonna it's not gonna be that place so i was like i'll just wait but the only thing that bothered me because i was like i would love for it to be in dallas because we have such a large alumni base in dallas so i think that would be a great place i'm just like but i know that if we do dallas we'll 100 percent get texas in that that bowl or something silly
2: that's what i kind of thought but seen a lot of projections that have Texas to the Fiesta Bowl because even though Texas would sell out the Cotton Bowl, they're not buying any hotel rooms. They're not spending five days there, going to restaurants, things like that. Um, And the other thing is, and, and like, I completely understand, like Texas isn't the coolest matchup to me either because I've seen that a number of times. And, and I understand everybody has their preference and everybody might like one, two, three. But in the end, like, this is a big deal for Missouri to be in one of these bowl games, regardless of which one it is, and regardless of who they play. And, and I, I don't think there are people complaining about it. You know, I don't think anybody's going, well, I would rather go play the Gasparilla Bowl than play this team. That. But, you know, this is, this is a... I don't
0: know if you guys yeah, thought of this. We don't,
1: we don't play that well in Atlanta, so I'd rather go to Dallas. Pop-Tarts bowl came out with a uh with a mascot that's an edible mascot. I don't know if you saw this. I, I just I did see that actually, yes. That'd I'd be a pretty cool, bowl. I tend to pick bowls. And
2: one of the factors is like what well, what what will the media get be? How will they treat
1: the oh Pop Tarts Bowl though? Pretty sick. Cheese it bowl? Yeah, I'm there. I'm there. Cheese it did have two bowls. I think the Pop Tarts yep. Bull was she, the she, she, bowl
2: yeah, and uh, now that you cheese- do like a partnership, you get Cheez-Its yeah. and Pop Tarts. I would cover that game if they did that. I would cover that game regardless.
1: I would I would submit for credentials, not even knowing either team going to be in it. Um, but it's funny. I think the Cheez It is now the Fiesta Bowl or something like that. It's something that doesn't match Fiesta at all. Uh, I always like the Tostitos Fiesta Bowl. I love it. What I love a good uh, I love a good sponsor partnership that, that matches really well. Uh, I know it doesn't matter, but it matters to and, me.
2: Every year when the bowl is announced they'll send out a thing. Hey, please ripper in your articles this at the big daddy mowers, John Deere, Cotton Bowl or whatever it is. Yeah.
1: Never once have I ever written it. That's not. I'm looking at a uh, Jerry Palm's bowl predictions right now. Um because we don't talk about the other guy. Uh and looking at the New Year's 6 games uh, they ha- He has Missouri playing Penn State in the Peach Bowl. I like that matchup personally. I think Missouri matches up well against uh, Penn State. I think it's a very winnable game for Missouri. Uh, but what I like about it is they're not facing Tulane. I, I have this uh, existential fear or dread of playing Tulane and it being a lose-lose situation for Missouri. Gabe, I don't, know, I don't know if you can correct me on this, but I feel like if they get put in a big game with Tulane, if they beat Tulane, yeah. Obviously, you're supposed to beat Tulane. It's a Group of Five team, and if you and if you uh, lose to Tulane, they're like, "Oh my gosh, you lost to Tulane, a Group of Five team." That's the only one out of like the at large that I'm looking at: the Texas, Ohio State, Louisville, Penn State, Washington, Alabama. That I'm like, please do not give me Tulane. I
2: tend to agree. I
1: I, I don't. It would make it feel
2: a little bit less yes. than what it is if you go play the Group of Five team, but somebody has to right? I mean, USC had two last year in Um, I, I tend to think in situations like that, it is the biggest game probably in the history of that. Now, Tulane would be a little bit different because last year's Cotton Bowl probably would, would be bigger yeah. playing Missouri in the Peach Bowl, but it, it's the biggest game most of those kids will ever play, whereas if Missouri draws Tulane, they're going to go, oh, I don't kind of feel like we've played six games this year that are bigger than that. You know, and so I, I truly think bowl games usually come down to who cares about it more and who wants to be there more. Absolutely. And, and I mean, you know, one of the iconic college football games in my lifetime is Boise State, Oklahoma, in the Fiesta Bowl that ended with the Statue of Liberty and the kid proposing to his girlfriend. Amazing football. 100%. Loved it. Football. But it gave us this idea that, hey, we should always let the group of five team in because they could win. Well, yeah, they could win that night. But if you put Boise State in the 2008 Big 12, they would have gone like four and four. Five and three maybe. They would have been a good team. They're a solid team, but they would not have done what Oklahoma, they were not a better team than Oklahoma. They would not have won Oklahoma's league. They got up that one night because it was the biggest game they'd ever played and Oklahoma was going, this is our reward, huh? We'll play this team that nobody really knows about and that we're not going to get. So I agree, it wouldn't be the best scenario to draw Tulane or it could be SMU. Worst case, it could be Liberty and I think that would be the absolute worst, even though they're undefeated. I think you get even less credit for beating them than you would Tulane. But, flip side, I think Eli Drinkwitz would be like, cool, we could go beat Liberty and win 11 games and I could go sell that. Let's do that, you know. Uh, Because the truth is, in five years, probably not very many people are going to remember who Missouri played in the Peach Bowl outside of Missouri fans. That's
0: And one of the arguments I keep seeing whenever people are trying to compare Ole Miss and Mizzou, which is kind of driving me insane because they're trying to say that Ole Miss has all these great wins. It's a fair comparison. It is, but when you look at, you know, one of them, you know, is obviously the LSU game. And you know it, you have the head-to-head, which you know it's fine. LSU's best win is clearly Mizzou, right? So nobody can sit here and say that um, Mizzou sucks, and then and then try to use that as an argument that you know what I'm saying is that they're trying to say that Missouri's not good enough to be a New Year Six bowl, and then being like, well, that's the only win that they have, and then because then Ole Miss is like, well, we have that win. You can't you can't say that in the same breath. That just doesn't work. But then you look at Tulane. Tulane's schedule, and I think they beat like Tulsa by three. I looked at this last night whenever I was <laughs> in an Uber on the way to the airport, and they barely beat UAB. Um, I think they beat uh, Memphis by about the same that we beat Memphis. So uh, their schedule is it's not very good. I think they're probably ranked because still because their schedule is yeah, not I mean very good.
2: The whole conversation is should these teams be guaranteed a spot in this. And right now, look, I, whatever, you want to give them a spot in the Cotton Bowl. I, that's fine. Because ultimately, while it's a bigger deal than the Gasparilla Bowl, it, it's a bowl game. It, it's not the playoff. The problem is going to be next year when the team that actually is number 12 doesn't get in because you've got to let or whoever. And like, I think if they get in the top 12, awesome. Put them in. But I don't think they should be guaranteed a spot. Because if the idea is the 12 best teams, then, I I don't know, put in the 12 best teams.
0: Yeah, because they they still came in and they lost to Ole Miss by 17. And I don't think that Ole Miss is even close to being one of the top teams in the country. I mean, they just lost
2: to Georgia by 35 so like well I think we're being honest here and I know I'm the I'm the guy that does this like Ole Miss is not farther from being one of the top teams than Missouri Ole Miss and Missouri no very very similar Mm -hmm. I agree I think that they're very I think they're very even teams
0: honestly I think they're very probably pretty even teams But my issue with Ole Miss is I don't think that Ole Miss has gotten better throughout the season. I think that they're probably about the same team from the beginning of the season to the end of the season. I think Missouri has gotten better from the beginning of the season to the end of the season. And that, to me, is what I think a lot of people um, aren't looking at.
1: I thought about this earlier. This doesn't have anything to do with Ole Miss. Uh, Well, this this is an Ole Miss podcast, so... (laughs) <laughs> we'll have to know this. Yeah, I have to <laughs> edit this out. How much do you think Missouri would beat Kansas State by now, if they played, like, now? More than still, three. Do you still think their game is a Miss?
0: Ole Miss second... Or, I sorry. Well, I'm going back to Ole Miss. I'm circling back. Um, No. <laughs> hey State secondary is not good. But they didn't give up any points in the red zone last weekend, did, did they? Weren't all of their plays, like... <laughs> yeah. Like forty yards or longer, yeah.
2: it was bad. I, I was having this. I was having this conversation with somebody the other day. Without the Meavis field goal against Kansas State, I don't think this season happens. For I oh, think yeah. it's the most important play of the season.
1: Yeah, because you know they get that loss and they don't go. They were undefeated heading into LSU. Right. Yeah, I mean. The LSU game was
2: the game I feel like people started going, oh, hang on, we should take them more seriously than yeah. taking them. But the way they beat K-State, how much I mean, we talked about it before the season. It was there, it was the entire year. The mm-hmm. the team, the fans, the media, everybody was saying, You've got to win that game if you want to go, you know, do more than win six or whatever. Um, and so I just think had they lost that game, I'm not saying they would have lost to Memphis or Vandy, but I think that gave them so much momentum, and then they kind of built on it and won two more, and then the LSU game was the game that proved like, hey, we didn't win, but but like we're actually we're this good, we can compete with these teams that you guys think are the best teams in the country, but I don't know that any of that happens if Mavis doesn't make that game.
0: Well, I think for for like the confidence in the team, but like Mavis needed that confidence too because you don't have that. Like, who knows if he makes the kick against Florida? Who knows if he makes so many of those kicks that kept us in multiple games? You know what I'm saying? So, no, I completely agree with what you're
1: saying. He had been struggling up until that point, too. And it really seems like after that, we haven't been talking. Because I remember some podcasts were like, Mavis is broken. he can't make anything. It's all over. Uh, sky's falling. They only beat Middle Tennessee by a, by a score. I don't remember what the score of that game is, but... That's what we were complaining about is it like, oh, Mavis didn't make uh wasn't making fields. I've been looking at a lot of bull projections. Shocker guys. Um and a lot of them, almost all of them that I've seen have them in the peach bowl. So it's who they're gonna play in the peach bowl that uh could be interesting. Um but again Here's a here's the thing though, this can all change if Florida State loses this weekend.
2: Um 100%. you know, if if Oklahoma State upsets Texas. I, I mean, there's a lot of moving. Like, Florida State could be in the playoff. There's the possibility they look bad enough against Louisville that they just say, oh, this isn't the same team without Jordan Travis, and they're not even, like, they fall below Penn State and Missouri and Ole Miss.
1: Right. There is still. My, that, I also
2: think when... these projections are all dark throws. Like, everybody's cutting it.
0: I was going to ask you if you thought that they could possibly, because obviously there's, I don't know, five teams probably that will be fighting for the those four spots in Florida State is one of them. And they're a completely different team without Jordan Travis. Would the committee just be like, sorry, team, Jordan Travis is your team.
2: Yeah, I think it depends on how bad they look. And that was why the the one that the, the game last week, last weekend was such a great weekend with college football. Like every game was down to the wire. But in the end, like there were no upsets, right? right? The, the favorites won pretty much everything. But I, all the focus was on Alabama Auburn, I think. Um, and Oklahoma State BYU was actually really big for those teams like Missouri and Ole Miss and Penn State because it kept OU out of the Big 12 title game. And I think OU would add a better chance. But the one that I think kind of went the wrong way was Florida, Florida State. Mm-hmm. If Florida wins that game, it frees up a spot. Like, all this is in the New Year Six, I think, if Florida State loses that game, because then there's only one team from the ACC going because neither of them's going to the play, Right. And I mean, Florida should have won. I, I still, I still just don't have any concept of how Florida is state. Florida is five and seven. It, it's insane with the talent they have on team. Um, I thought Florida should have won it and really kind of let it get away, uh, and that would have that would have alleviated all of this conversation. <laughs> for a, I mean, I don't think there's a big conversation for Missouri. They were nine last week. I don't think they did anything to hurt themselves. I think they'll be nine tomorrow night. But if you're an Ole Miss fan, man, that's tough. Florida just Florida just cost you a spot, probably.
1: I I had a tweet um, in my drafts. I still think it might be a my drafts. So I'm going to look at it right now. This is great podcasting uh, because I had this queued up on fourth down and 31. The Alabama Crimson Tide have the same record as the Missouri Tigers. That was queued up. I had that yeah, ready to go, ready to fire off. Um, obviously, they don't because Auburn forgot any, how to play defense.
2: Any anytime anybody says we go Mizzou again, I'm just going to play it in the last two and a half minutes of that game. Yeah, I can't imagine. I, there, there was a post on our Auburn board that said, "I would rather have an asteroid kill me than continue to support Auburn sports." I mean, that was that was one of the worst ways to lose a football game I've ever seen. Yeah, you,
0: think fourth, and is ba- you think fourth and seventeen is bad? You think fourth and seventeen is that? You just got beat by your th- one of the biggest rivalries in college football. Ten years on the tenth anniversary of the Iron Bowl, on a fourth and thirty-one,
2: after they only had the ball because you dropped a punt. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But that's the only reason they got the ball. And then Hugh Freeze, after the game, didn't realize it wasn't his punt returner in the game. He thought, he he said, I'm sure whatever his name is, feels bad. And the reporters were like, oh, yeah, but it wasn't him. It was this other guy. <laughs> Hugh Freeze didn't even know.
1: I think it's so. We were doing the, the Barely Belowdible podcast, the College Football podcast, and we we're talking about all the rivalry games. And I was like, I do not see a way that Auburn is in this game. But Hugh Freeze has a propensity. To just forget about every game prior to the big game, right? If you go back to like what he did at, what was it, Old Miss that he was at, where he he would lose or barely squeak out a game where he very well should have won comfortably. And then the next game, he either upsets the team or is incredibly close. It's a very Hugh Freeze thing to do. But I, that was, that hurt because I was like, man, Alabama losing, that helps Missouri. I mean, that helps Missouri out a quite a bit when you talk about the the grand scheme of things. Certainly helps Texas out a whole lot because I I legitimately Gabe, don't know what the committee's going to do if there's a Alabama as the SEC champion one I loss. I so it to happen in Texas as the one loss Big Twelve champion. What are they going to do? They're not going to not take the SEC champion, right? And then if they take if they take but they Alabama, have to take Texas. They have I, to take Texas. That's the thing. They have to because they have tried to say the whole time, all all the years, all the 10 years that they've had this, is like, play good teams, beat good teams, and you'll be rewarded. Texas went to Tuscaloosa and beat Alabama. Now they're going to say, does that not matter? They're not. They can't. They can't do that. Right. And,
2: and the whole argument would be, well, you can't do it without the SEC champion. But the SEC champion lost that football game. And yeah. so, look, I think this is all going to be pointless. I think George is going to win the game. But, um... But if you get to that situation, like if 12-1 Alabama gets in the playoff over 12-1 and 1 Texas, if I'm at any Power 5 school, if I'm the coach, I'm calling the athletic director and I say get rid of every good team in our non-conference. Yep. I want Eastern Illinois, Southwest Baptist, and Arizona, you know, Scott and Canyon stage on this Pima Tech. Yeah. I mean, just like. I want the worst teams you can possibly schedule on our schedule every year because right. they just told us that who you play doesn't matter.
1: They're going to be in such a big pickle because even if they yeah. don't take the SEC champion, it's going to be like, what? What?
2: You know what? Every year it. we do this and we're like, hey, Asteri and this and that and this and that. And it never really ends up. Like, there's never really been a legitimate argument. I know Texas a and a couple years ago thought they should have gotten in yeah. There was the one year TC or Baylor thought they should have got in. TC should have got in that one year too. There's never been this huge like uproar, right? I really hope it happens this year. Like I just want to see it one time where the committee doesn't get bailed out. That's
1: not easy for. Them. And that's the thing, though, As you mentioned it. It all works out. I remember Louisville fans were complaining about Missouri being ranked over them. It's like, okay, went out, you won't be. You know, like, it'll all work out. Like, this is usually what happens. And it's like with Washington and Florida State. Like, if, if Washington wins out, they'll be in. If Florida State wins out, they'll be, like, that's it, kind of how it goes. Like, all of it will work out eventually because, you know, Washington will have to play Oregon. Florida State doesn't really, I mean, they're going to play Louisville. Who knows how good Louisville is going to be in that game. They just lost to Kentucky. Uh, but there's a, there's a lot that, like, y- you can, game as you touched on earlier in the podcast, it's like, all of this is entertainment value right now because, like, when it comes down to it, it's all going to work itself out, and the top four teams will probably be clearly evident by the time this all gets said and done. Sadly, uh, but I wish that we would have just a little bit of chaos, especially in the last year of the fourteen playoff. I just want just just a touch of uh, chaos. I mean, it would be
2: phenomenal for to have to pick between Alabama and Texas. Just, <sighs> I I would be so fascinated because it either, like. The, if Alabama got in, the rest of college football would riot. Yes, and if Texas got in, Greg Sankey might seriously not allow the games to be played. Like he might go call in bomb threats to the playoff and then schedule a 14 SEC playoff. <laughs> like it might just be he might just call Drinkwitz and Saban and Kiffin and Kirby and say, "All right, you get together. We're going to Charlotte. We're playing these games. We're going to crown." we're do, we're, do, we're just going to we're just going to call it like UCF did a few years ago we're just going to say yeah. we won the national title you can't say anything about it
0: Louisville's kind of sitting pretty this year though because yeah no matter what happens yeah, yeah cuz if, if Florida State wins the ACC they're most likely in the playoff and Louisville gets the top spot and if they win they they won the ACC and they get the orange so
2: they're just kind of lucky. No sense you know, ma- swing that with the orange bowl. That's weird.
0: I know, and I don't think a lot of people kind of understand how that works with the contractual oh, obligations. There, I think, and I don't think a lot of people understand. And I know we talked about this a few weeks ago with um, with how the New Year Six Bulls work, but they don't just pick teams; like they take the
2: top ranked teams and the and it's experience. also not just the top 12 right like yeah. when and, and look I, I'm with everybody I don't really understand how Andy Staples got to picking the 12 teams he picked but whatever that, that's fine but when I retweeted that I got so many replies that were like well what would Bill's way being and it's just stupid and I, I just you don't get to have an opinion on yeah. it if you are this uneducated about how it works you have to not talk Google's free just
1: Skip on Google is free.
2: Well,
0: Zoom is the-
1: not, but I will explain. Yeah. Yeah. There you go.
0: paper PowerPuzzle is Google for
1: free. The the sales the Black Friday is probably it's probably over by the time this podcast comes out, though. I assume we're the right, game. It
2: depends on how long you take to produce it. They've got it.
1: Th-
0: it's Cyber Monday. Yeah.
1: Okay, I guess it's true. If you're listening to this on Monday, you're fine. But if not, you're screwed. Um, no, you can still pay for it. I'm sure Gabe will take yeah. your money, whatever. Yeah.
2: Um, uh, well, right. Then we'll, right.
1: Um, okay. Before we, before we end the podcast, a lot of like a lot of college football playoff talk right there, but I want to get from each of you guys. Uh, who do you want to play? Who is, who's the team that you are most interested like a matchup that is just like, oh, that would be a fun one. I would enjoy playing that team or, uh, that is most intriguing to you. Uh, Gabe, I guess we'll start with you.
2: Uh, Pitts Day would be cool. Um, it would bring back, especially for a certain generation. Uh, my dad actually was at the 1970 Orange Bowl between LinkedIn State and Missouri, um, so that would be cool. I, I would. I've said the Pac-12 loser would be that would be fun, yeah. Washington or Oregon. Um, you know, if if Florida State flips, be kind of cool. Be a little less cool with with Tate Rodemaker than it would be with Jordan sure. Travis and in full Florida State. Um, But, you know, I I think that's a, like, especially for people my age, I mean, there has been no more dominant program than Florida State was from about 1988 to 2002, um, in some like 14 straight 10 win seasons, you know, so that'd be all right. Um, I'm really kind of on board with you, just, it's fine if it's Tulane, but it'd be cooler if it was not.
1: Maggie? Maggie?
0: yeah i I wouldn't mind I would mind Florida State as well I have a I have a very good friend who's a Florida State fan. I just think that would be fun uh, not wouldn't really love Ohio State. my family's half of my family's from not, Columbus. What'd you say? I think that'd be kind of cool. I think well, and so. I, I know a lot of people would think that would be kind of cool, but half my family is from there, so I don't know if I would really want to be into that because I've watched my family get a win so much and if they won again I don't think that that would be that much fun but I I wouldn't mind a little redemption playing Texas I think that that would be kind of cool I think that we are better than Texas this year I think that we could beat Texas this year and I think it would be kind of fun beating Texas I don't know if I would want to beat Texas in the Cotton Bowl but I think it would be kind of fun like beating Texas in like the Fiesta Bowl like I think that would be cool so yeah I wouldn't mind taking Texas down Selfishly,
1: right before they come hope. to the SBC right. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's a good point. So obviously, I kind of hope they play in either the uh, Peach Bowl, the Orange Bowl, or the Cotton Bowl because um, the Chiefs play on the thirty first, and I would like that game out of the way. Um, I guess they, I guess you can play in the Fiesta Bowl because it's January first. Okay, that's fine. And if they, I guess they would go to the Cotton Bowl, it would be a lot easier for me to convince myself to go, uh, especially because it's a drivable distance. Dallas, Kansas City, easy drive, 35, straight down. Um, That would be an easy one for me to convince. Also, the 29th of December, and I feel a lot more comfortable coming back for a uh, New Year's Eve game, uh, because i will probably want to take some time in at the old Cotton Bowl, uh, even though it's not at the actual Cotton Bowl, which... Right. Cherry's World. It's the AT&T Bowl. I mean, they have to change the name legally. I think they should. Uh, That's uh, false advertising. But I do think Penn State is the most interesting one to me. It's the one that I look at, and I think, I think I'm pretty confident in that game. I wonder what that line would be. Be a good um, game. W- with Penn State. It would be a really good game. Um, Ohio State would be fun, like just because of just like Missouri Ohio State win that one for Zeke type of deal. Um, Jeremiah McClellan type of deal in there. I saw. As well.
2: I saw when I was in college. I saw uh, Andy Katz and actually. Physically, I believe removed Corby Jones' head from his
1: body uh near the goal line at for Hope So I mean, I don't think uh, I th- Tulane is the only one. And I already I already did my rant about Tulane. I love Tulane. I think that team's fun. Michael Pratt is a fun quarterback for a group of five team. And I think Tulane's like actually like pretty good. Uh, they are. They're, yeah, yeah. They're 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 a good football team. There's a theory, there's been a theory going around that they've been kind of like sandbagging uh, in the in the uh, Atlantic or the, in the American, American. Right? yeah. They've been kind of sandbagging, and then until they get to the good teams, and then they turn it on because they I think they have SMU this week in the in the conference championship, which SMU's defense will play well pretty recently, so uh, that should be a good game. Uh, Willie Stats. Fritz, Willie Fritz has will spent a lot of time in the state of Missouri. I yes, uh, Willie Fritz I saw was uh, getting some buzz for the A and M job. Obviously, they hired Mike Elko, but he's got he's gotten a lot of buzz recently uh, for a, for a few jobs that have come open. But
2: um, yeah, he's. I mean, he could make sense of Duke. And look, if, if he ends up somewhere, chances are going way up that Missouri needs a new defensive coordinator because Blake Baker will be a candidate for that job if it's open. That'd be pretty weird, right? If Willie Fritz gets a job in the next couple of weeks and Tulane hires Blake Baker. Oh, and Missouri and Tulane play in a bowl game, like, weird. would Blake Baker call the defense? But still pay attention to the other team, that'd be kind of cool. Maybe he could be all, he, he could be all-time coach like you did when you were a kid. You, one guy was just all-time quarterback. He played for both teams. Blake Baker could just call defense for both teams.
1: I did see, I think they were talking about this on the broadcast about uh, Drink saying that like, hey, if you want to leave that's fine. You can still play in the bowl game if you want uh, to to players. I think that's kind of kind of cool.
2: Yeah, it was it, it was cool. I bet I don't think most people would do it because, like, honestly, most I, most of the kids who are going to transfer are not kids who probably are playing much anyway. For sure. Right? So I think it was more, hey, if you decide you want to transfer, that's cool. You were part of this team. We respect it. We'll still take you on the trip. You can still be a part of this before you go off to your new place. And that's cool. I, it's a nice gesture.
1: Yeah. It is a nice gesture.
2: Ju- I, I don't know that that was in place, for say. Last year, team. In fact, I know it was not in place.
1: Um, well high we're transferring out. Were, we're certainly
2: I don't think invited to be part of the traveling party to the Gasper.
1: Beautiful Tampa, Florida.
2: And they missed. They
1: missed a, uh, Yuba City, or something like that. It's a nice area down in Tampa. Well, their loss. So oh, I got. Um, we'll have another podcast next week. Um, probably still talking about football because. That's what we want to talk about. And what is bragging rights? Is that bragging rights? It's December
2: 22nd, but, uh, but Mizzou plays Kansas. It's a week from Saturday. So, right. like, I mean, the real games kind of start Tuesday. Missouri's at Pitt on Tuesday night. So that starts the the kind of ramp up. They've got Wichita State Sunday, you know, so they, they play grown up teams from here on out. At least.
0: When will they announce um SEC honors?
2: Sometime this week, I think. I don't know already. Sure. I think Missouri will have quite a few, um, but I think they come out. It, it's possible they don't come out till next week, but I feel like they come out before the conference title game. You
1: think I would know? You get a ballot? Did you get an email? No, I'm not part of that. That's too bad. Yeah, they don't ask me. Oh well, uh, we ask you everything here that we need, so <laughs> you can take solstice in that. I didn't make. Well, maybe we'll have a coach of the year. Who knows? Possibly. I would think so. I'd go with it. Yeah. Hey Sean. Don't ask that guy from Alabama. Or I mean from Georgia. He thinks Kirby Spark's put it every single year. Um it's like to be fair, if you're taking I mean, one He's won literally everything else every year, so why not? Yes, All right, that's gonna do it for Bazo That's too. I guess I gotta start paying attention to basketball now. Uh, as we are going to gear up towards uh basketball season and bowl season as well. We'll have more for you uh as it comes out. But a uh, lot still to to discuss this bowl season. For Gabe DeArmond and Maggie Johnson, I'm Tucker Franklin. We'll talk to you all next week.